The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Wednesday afternoon, another beautiful day out there and looking nice right through the weekend, getting up to oh, 30 degrees come Sunday. Lots of stuff going on, of course, this time of year, hoping that you're able to get out and enjoy it. The Eskimos are in Ottawa tomorrow night playing the uh, Red Black, so the Dinette and Patio Furniture pregame show gets underway tomorrow at 4. So a short edition of the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News kickoff at uh, 5.30. We mentioned the Folk Festival as well. As we get closer to the weekend, we'll talk a little bit more about things going on and maybe what you're up to. Uh, before the break, mentioned that Derek Soretsky <clears throat> has been sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 75 years for killing a father, his two-year-old daughter, and a senior citizen. Of course, it was a case that captured this province. You know that. You were following along just with us. Uh, Terry Blanchette was found dead. His daughter, Haley Dunbar Blanchette, then became the focus of an Amber Alert, and we all waited and, and hoped against hope that she would be found alive, but then her little body was found, or the remains of her little body was found as well. Hannah Mechatech was also killed. All of this happening in September of 2015. Well, today, Justice William Tilleman agreed with the Crown's request to make the parole ineligibility consecutive, saying each murder was a separate, deliberate event causing heartbreak for the community of Crow's Nest Pass. In his sentencing, Justice Tillerson said he was, quote, satisfied Soretsky is dangerous. He also noted that he chose not to say anything to the victim's families or the court. And he went on to say, quote, there is no chance he will ever be free. So chapter closed. He won't be eligible now for parole till late 90s. Soretsky was also sentenced to five years in prison concurrently for causing an indignity to Haley's body, calling it a selfish and disturbing act. It was a hideous, disgusting act, if you ask me. Uh, what he did to that little girl absolutely deserves this sentence that he received today. Now, outside the courtroom, Crown Prosecutor Fotini Papadato as you heard, says we now have no choice but to move on and grieve properly. This community came together to address a horrendous act, and they did so with dignity and equanimity. And I think, to me, it has restored my faith in, in both justice and the community and how they dealt with possibly one of the worst cases that this province has ever seen. And that was the... Uh the Crown Prosecutor in this case. Now, the defense lawyer, Patrick Edgerton, told reporters it will be up to Soretsky to decide whether or not he wants to appeal. He then went on to say it's uh, good to be at the end of this sentencing. It's never a pleasant experience to send somebody to a penitentiary and to do so for the rest of their life is, uh, is difficult. We're done now, and uh, it's time to carry on. Time to carry on, time to move on. Both the lawyers in the case, uh, in the case saying that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I only hope that 
this sentence gives the families uh, a little bit of peace and, and possibly the ability to try to start carrying on. I don't know how one moves on, how one carries on after the death of a child, after going through this. I mean, this has been going on now for a couple of years. And as we found out more and more of the details during the case about uh, what happened, um, how the adults, Terry and, and Hannah, were killed, and then, of course, the details surrounding little Haley's death. Just devastating. Just devastating. There, there is... There is a special place in hell for people who hurt children, who do what animals like Derek Soretsky did to that poor defenseless little girl. It absolutely breaks my heart. It brings me to the verge of tears to think about that and to think about her in the back of the vehicle uh, driving out to the campsite probably trusting this adult and then her life ending i just i can't actually say what i really want to say without getting fired but you know what i'm saying some of your text coming in this afternoon. My, my question was, yeah, did the judge get it right? I say, yeah, darn right the judge got it right in this case. 75 years, no parole, darn right he got it right. Um, it's about time, in my opinion, that life is life. That a life sentence is actually a life sentence. It, um, and, and we're seeing this more in cases, and certainly we saw it um, just earlier this year with the Douglas Garland case. He was sentenced to 75 years for, for that case. Uh, Travis Baumgartner was 40 years, but we are starting to see, finally, sentences that, that match the crime. And I know a lot of you are saying, where's the death penalty? Where's the death penalty? But we don't have the death penalty in this country right now. So, for me... They should die in jail. This is... Um, as as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. You you know, you know. I, I feel the same way that that Garland trial, sitting through that Garland trial. You know, and you'll remember that he was uh, found guilty on uh, three counts of first degree murder in the 2014 deaths of Alvin and Kathy Lickness and their five year old grandson Nathan O'Brien. Once again, a child involved. And I'm not saying you know child adult, but my gosh. How do you how do you hurt a child? Um, so yeah, the longer sentences or the longer uh, parole eligibility qualifications been used in a number of cases since 2011, and and I'm glad that that's happening. I mentioned the Travis Baumgartner case. You'll remember the shooting of the uh, security, um, the security, the money security guards at the University of Alberta. You know that was that was that case. Uh, Justin Bork, who who mount, who murdered the Mounties out on the East Coast. Douglas Garland, and now in this case, Derek Soretsky. 
Um, someone says, hey, can the sensationalism, I agree 100%, just say they got it right. We don't need the <laughs> extrapolation of what happened to that girl. I haven't told you the details of what happened to that girl. I have stopped myself from telling you the details of what happened to that girl. Um, I hope you've taken the time, though, to read what happened to that girl and why I believe the sentence is right. Someone says, don't waste tax dollars for 75 years. He should be executed. Again, Rick, where's the death penalty? From Boyle, he should never get out. He's not going to get out. He's not going to get out. I wish the death penalty was still available to judges under extreme and extraordinary circumstances. This trial, in my opinion, would definitely constitute that. There is more justice than 75 years coming for Soretsky in prison. I'm very happy with his verdict. It's refreshing seeing the penal system get it right and not letting another murderer off with a sentence suitable for a burglar. Then someone else says from Vernon, you really think Soretsky going to jail bothers him? He ended three lives. Let's end his. From Edmonton, the sentence is absolutely right. Life in prison with no parole, no patting on his head. He deserves to rot in prison. Thanks for your text uh, this afternoon. From Edmonton, absolutely suffer in jail. I hope he gets beat up and even worse. I do hope that family, the families involved here, can start to move on, start to deal with what they've gone through over the past couple of years. As I said, I can't even, I can't even imagine what they've gone through. I don't want to ever imagine what they have gone through. And I'll just say it once again. I'm just really happy uh, in this case that the judge followed through on this uh, on this sentencing. What the crown had suggested, if I remember correctly, the jury had. Um, had recommended it as well. It's 2.45, well, 2.44 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Quick break, back with more right after this. A few more of your comments coming in at 6.30, 6.30 on the uh, Soretsky sentencing as we've been talking about. Um, 75 years before eligible for parole, meaning he will very likely die in prison. It'll be late 90s by the time, and the late, he'll be in his late 90s by the time that parole eligibility is uh, is possible. A death penalty is too easy. Having to stay in prison and put up with the beatings and such is, is worse by far than the death sentence. And then I know there's a number of people as well, you know, saying, you know, I, I don't want my taxes going to keep this person alive for the next how many years? Maybe he'll share a cell with Bubba. <laughs> Life in prison is more painful and more suffering than the death sentence. Death is death. It is done with. And he doesn't learn if he wants to, but he will suffer for the next 75 years if he's in prison. Uh, He should be placed, this one from Red Deer, he should be placed in the uh, general population, otherwise not a fair sentence. And Wednesday, August 9th, finally a Canadian judge having the courage to give a sentence that is usually only seen in the USA. Thank you to this judge. And we've seen it a couple times, as I've mentioned, and I don't know, um, you know... (sighs) As I, as I mentioned, since, what, 2011, we have seen here in a number of cases. Hold on. A number of cases. Uh, yeah, since 2011, the Travis Baumgartner case, the Justin Bork case, the Douglas Garland case, and now this one, where 
it has been more than just the usual 25 years serve before a chance of parole. We had 40 at Travis Baumgartner, um, Justin Bork, 75, Douglas Garland, 75, and now Derek Sretsky at 75. And um, I, I'm just pleased that we're starting to see this happen. I, I'm, I'm pleased that we're starting to see some sentences that are more fitting uh, to the crime. There should be labor in prison. Let people give back to society. People saying he should get the death penalty are wrong. Death is too easy for him. Death means he suffers no more. Let him rot for 75 years while looking over his shoulder uh, for prison justice. Let him die alone of old age after a long life of institutionalized misery. Let him suffer every day of that sentence. This man doesn't deserve the human release of the death penalty. Let him rot. Let him rot. Gamer Brian, yeah, I hope this is a new era in the legal system in Canada where punishment fits the crime. And I think that's, you know, possibly where I'm going a little bit uh, more with it. I agree with the, I agree with the sentence, but I, I'm just glad to see that um, that this is happening. Just reading more of your texts coming in this afternoon. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> why um, every time. I get an email. You hear that, Gina? Do you hear that? I do. I can fix it. You can. I do. I can fix it for you. In oh, okay. Break. I don't. I don't know why that. Why that happens. But they they upgraded our email. Oh, okay. <laughs> Changed our settings on us. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, someone can fix that because, you know, I don't get a whole lot of emails in the afternoon, but when it does and it comes in and it sounds like an angel, you know, got its wing right in the in the middle of the, the uh, inappropriate times. But anyway, uh, here was a story that I've been holding on to uh, for a little bit as we shift gears here. And I wanted to know what you think about it. I want to know what you think about it because I'm like, uh-uh, no way. My work is not doing this to me. Um, you might have seen it. So there's a, a Wisconsin technology company, employees there who received a microchip implant in their hands. So this company, it's called Three Square Market, also known as uh, 32M, said 41 of its 85 employees agreed to be voluntarily microchipped during a chip party. Ooh, a chip party at company headquarters in, uh, in River Falls not too long ago. Would you do it? Would you even think about doing it and you're wondering why why are they doing this well here the technology will allow employees to open doors log on to computers or buy break room snacks by simply waving their hand this is the chief operating officer of the company patrick mcmullen so we came across this and saw it being used in other societies we said why not us why not us bring it and provide a solution that we can use for so many different things, not just opening doors, not just self-checkout in our markets, so many other different things. And at the end of the day, you, there's one thing that, that I know I speak for every one of our employees, is we're gonna be responsible, we're gonna be respectful with what we're going to do. So that's the chief operating officer of this company, this 32M company, uh, his name is Patrick McMullen. They have microchipped some employees, and they're saying, well, we can't, um, that 
it's not like GPS. We can't tell where you are. Sure you can. <laughs> sure you can. Apparently, this has been done in Sweden for the past couple of years. Uh, there was an, art- <laughs> an article that says, are embedded microchips dangerous? Ask the Swedes and pets. Okay, so depending on what kind of system is in these little chips depends on how much document or how much tracking that they can do. I... Wasn't there an episode of CSI that had people... (laughs) I I don't think. There was a a, a sociology prof at the University of Wisconsin. Her name's uh, Noelle Chelsea. Um, She's she's not a big fan of this, and and here's why. Well, is it really voluntary when your employer is asking you if you would like to be microchipped? Will there come a day when people who prefer not to be microchipped won't get certain jobs? Good questions. What happens? And again, I just don't see the need to be microchipped to open your company the office door or to, um, you know, grab a, a bag of uh, sun chips out of the machine in the, in, the, in, the, in the kitchen. And maybe I'm being an old fuddy-duddy. Maybe I'm saying mm, not with the times. But I do not want my work to be tracking me that much. And they're saying, oh, it's only for this, it's only for this, but you just don't know. I'll stick with my little fob, my little pass card, and I'm good with that. I'm really good with that. Now, in Sweden, as I mentioned, um, about 3,000 people there, 3,000 people have these microchips in their hands. Um, It was a company by the name of Biohacks International started selling the chips and their installation at tech fairs in Sweden in 2015. Um, In June, Swedish rail conductors started scanning the hands of passengers to lure no paper tickets. So no paper tickets. You don't have to worry about that. You just have to flash your hand. Um, No electronic tickets on a smartphone that could lose batteries. Uh, now, here's the thing. The Swedish government hasn't approved the sale of the, the chips, but they haven't disapproved it either, says the CEO of this country, uh, or uh, the, the, of that company. Um, the CEO of that company, his name is uh, Joen Osterlund, says uh, the chip implant, which takes less than two minutes, is safer than a piercing as dangerous as getting your blood taken in the hospital. Yeah, and and there's different types of chips. So the the Food and Drug Administration, these are, what are they called, RFID chips? Um, The Food and Drug Administration approved this radio frequency chip for implant in 2004 as a way to uh, relay medical information quickly to doctors. I don't know, what do you think about it? I don't like getting my work email at home. I don't like to be bugged that much. Some of your texts coming in saying, hey, you know what, this um, this technology is creepy. How many areas of your life do they have access to? And again, they can say we're only using it for this, this, and this, but those are the great questions. You just don't know. Or you decide to trust them completely and say, okay, yeah, whatever. And if by chance they can follow you on GPS or if they can follow you, know if you've snuck out for for another break, whatever it is. 
Lyle says, I would absolutely let them put a microchip in my hand shortly before they close my coffin and plant me. <laughs> so in front of a million people won't get vaccines? Come on, this is BS. How about this one? You're not weird. It is too much. How many things could your employer look into? Do you know if it is ever truly off? If Visa or MasterCard did it for wireless payment, I'd totally do it. Someone says, that's got to cause some major health problems. Uh, what the HG double hockey sticks has the world come to? Yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, just freaks me out uh, a little bit. Um, and, and, and again, it's, it's not being used for anything major. It's being used for opening the door to get into your office. It's being used to get a snack out of the machine, the vending machine in, in the kitchen. It just seems, or to log on to computers. Isn't that what your password is for? And they're saying, why not? It brings us a, a solution that we can use for so many different things. They're very excited about it. A number of the employees are excited about but not all of them. As I mentioned, 41, so about half of their employees did it, voluntarily microchipped. What happens if you don't want to be? Like that sociologist says, what happens if, uh, you know, that becomes a part of the job, of the job criteria? You have to be microchipped. I mean, you know, in France, recently, they've actually, you know, put in legislation that you have to have your time off. You don't have to respond to voicemails and, and calls after work, but we're going to let your workplace microchip you? Come on. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.